Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hi, friends. Father Frank Pavone here with you for Praying for America on this Friday night, October 14th. What a great day to be together. Uh, I hope that you are excited, as excited as I am for these midterm elections right around the corner. We're in the most intense phase right now. I'm going to share with you some important dates. I want to answer a couple of questions that you've sent in. I want to talk to you about this sham of a subpoena issued by the Unselect Committee in the House uh, to President Trump. What a charade. Uh, I'm going to share a reflection and read some powerful quotes about that. But the bulk of tonight, I want to share with you a, a, a little presentation that was given to us by one of our collaborators at the Leadership Institute about when you're talking to someone about the elections, it's called how to make your message stick. Whether you're preparing an ad or you're just having a conversation with another voter, I think you'll find the insights very helpful. So a lot of things to get to tonight. Uh, as always, let's go to the Word of God. I'm inspired to go to Exodus 20 here tonight. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Let us pray. Lord, you gave your commandments to Moses and to us. And in the new covenant, you give us your spirit that causes us to run in the way of your commands. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, and we ask you to keep America faithful to your law always. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, one of the ways, obviously, that we keep faithful to that law is that we participate in elections. In order to participate in the elections, as we well know, we have to be registered. And I wanted to bring your attention first and foremost tonight that the voter registration deadlines for your state are fast approaching if they haven't already passed. State Election Calendar is one of the websites we've created for you to keep up on these dates. StateElectionCalendar.org. Let's just go there for a moment because I want to show you that uh, the number of states now have their voter um, registration deadlines coming up this coming week. Kansas, October 18th, also on the 18th, New Jersey, Oregon, Maryland, West Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 
Then on the 21st, Nebraska. On the 23rd, Illinois. On the 24th, Iowa, Alabama, California, uh, Pennsylvania. Important Pennsylvania Senate race and governor's race, as we know. All these races are important, and all these deadlines are important. I just want to encourage you, friends, go to state election calendar. If you're talking to voters in other states, remind them of the deadline to register. If you yourself are in that state, please make sure that you check your voter registration. And that's another website we have, checkyourvoterregistration.com, and you'll be able to make sure your voter file is up to date. My friend, my associate, Janet Morana, had some family move here to Florida. They registered. They both registered as Republicans. And when their voter information came back in the mail to verify it, uh, one of them was, was marked as a registered Democrat. You got to check to see that it's up, that it really is what you want it to be. There can be all sorts of data errors and, of course, you know, other other hanky-panky going on. So you can, again, check your voterregistration.com. Okay. So what? The January 6th committee subpoenas President Trump. It's all theater anyway. It's theater, A, that the voters, they've had it up to here. They don't care about the January 6th committee. They care about the price of their groceries. They care about crime in their communities and the safety of their children. That's what they care about, right? I mean, this is, you know, you know what? It's completely out of control. Elise Stefanik, I was with her uh, just uh, recently. uh, She wrote a statement. She said, today's subpoena of President Donald J. Trump, less than one month from the midterm elections, surprise, surprise, is a desperate political ploy by the Democrats and their mainstream media stenographer allies. The American people are smart, and the Democrats' abuse of power will only energize the American people to fire Nancy Pelosi once and for all and to deliver a red tsunami that will elect an historic Republican majority to hold Joe Biden accountable. Representative Ronnie Jackson said this, the January 6th committee is out of control. Subpoenaing President Trump is a disgrace. They want to destroy Trump and every one of his supporters. They'll stop at nothing. We must beat them in November. And friends, that's the way this ends. That's the way it ends because the committee dissolves. The new Congress starts. And obviously the Republicans are not going to continue this charade. They put a complete end to it. That's it. The days of this committee are numbered. The days of Democrat power are numbered. Don't be distracted and don't let your fellow voters be distracted by this game, this shameful game. It shows the desperation, just like the the raid on Mar-a-Lago, right? Where did that story go? They're just trying to kick up dust. Like I told you the night that that Mar-a-Lago was raided, I said they've already accomplished everything that they want to accomplish and everything that they're able to accomplish. Namely, they just want people, you know, focusing on that instead of focusing on the absolute failure of destructive Democrat policies. Unfortunately, those policies succeed in destroying things. They don't succeed in serving the American people. Trump himself, of course, responded uh, to this whole thing on Truth Social. Hope you have your Truth Social account. Follow me there at FR Frank Pavone. He says, why didn't the unselect committee ask me to testify months ago? You see, if they were sincere, if they were really serious, that's what they would have done. But no. Why did they wait until the very end, the final moments of their last meeting? 
because the committee is a total bust that has only served to further divide our country, which, by the way, is doing very badly, a laughingstock all over the world. You can just hear President Trump's voice in these, in these uh, posts, can't you? Uh, it's, just, it's just perfect. So, listen, I concur with these people completely. Um, Representative Stefanik, Jackson, uh, Representative uh, Ronnie Jackson, and, uh, and, of course, President Trump. That's the approach we have to take towards this nonsense. Okay, I want to share with you, then I'll come back and answer a couple of questions that uh, you all have sent in. Let me share with you this little presentation. We're so grateful to the Leadership Institute for helping us do our voter trainings around the country and online and, of course, with, with all of you. And uh, you can sign up for our voter trainings at Pro-Life Vote. That's ProLifeVote.com. But let's listen now to this presentation about making your message stick. Things that we can be aware of to make people remember what we have to say about the elections. Let's watch. And then, as I say, I'll come back and, and respond to some of your comments. So let's talk now about how to make your message stick, since I've gotten that stuff out of the way. There is some research done way, way back. I'm not even sure when it was, but they looked at like 600 commercials. It was done in Japan and they looked, they showed the poor participants in this research, something like 600 commercials. And they asked them questions about the products that were shown off in those commercials. And the research found that the commercials that were most memorable, the, the products that were most memorable, the commercials had six things in common. I'm sorry, five things in common. They were simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, or emotional. Now, they didn't have to have all five things, but it helped that they did. But the more that they were simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, and emotional, the more the message of the ad stuck in the brains of the people who were watching. Now, taking this idea, Chip and Dan Heath wrote an entire book on each one of these to explain to people who are in marketing how to make their messages simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, and emotional. In the next 10 minutes, I'm going to go through these and we are going to discuss each one. So let's start with a credible example of a simple, unexpected, unexpected, credible, concrete, emotional message you might give or see. We've got room to put 2,700 people in our jail and it costs us about $103 a day. Gerald really doesn't have any hobbies. Last year's tax rate was 0.4169. This year, we could take that down to 3838. So is he always like that? Yeah, all the time which means that the 3838 is probably going to go somewhere between 3838 and 41.69. Most people leave their work at the office. We got three light rail cars. You can put 60 people on each car. So even if you add two cars, you're talking about maybe 300 people that are affected. There are a million people in this community. I mean, that is 0 0.01 to the eighth power. If you round it off, it's zero. All he wants to do is fix things. So I got this 18-wheeler that's parked in this neighborhood, few and few all over the place, but quite frankly, it's not a code violation. You know, I think I like helping around the house here. Please reelect Gerald. Please. Isn't that a great commercial? How many of you all are laughing right now? So the reason why that commercial works, and when we were sitting around building this slide deck, we needed an example of a, a, a sticky commercial. And this, we put this into our, our presentation about three three years after it had first been used on air. 
And we were like, oh my gosh, of course, Gerald, we need to put Gerald into the slide deck. Everybody remembers, please reelect Gerald, please. Why? Because it's simple. The way to make your message simple is find the core idea and narrow it down and distill it down to that core idea. So what is the core of your idea and what is the simplest way you can say it? Back in 1992, I think it was, we had, it's the economy, stupid. Believe it or not, the campaign manager, the raging Cajun who came up with that, he thought that was the worst of the three campaign slogans that Bill Clinton had. And yet 30 years later, oh my gosh, 30 years later, we still remember it's the economy, stupid. As a matter of fact, you could probably bring that back for this year's elections, right? It's the economy, stupid. Um, if you say the low cost airline, people will automatically say Southwest because it's the low cost airline. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. How many of you all finished that as I was saying it? Um, we remember that it's an Aesop's fable. It's more than 3000 years old and yet it's simple and it's understandable and that's why it's memorable. And then you get down to um, Mrs. Daugherty's um, message, please reelect Gerald, please, right? It was simple, it was understandable and the voters reelected Gerald. She also did something unexpected. Anytime you can, try to add a bit of surprise to your message. So what I did before was the clickbait theory, where I started off the, the sentence, told you what I, or the, the presentation, I told you what I was going to do, and then I paused it for just a moment to give you information about the Leadership Institute. By putting the information about the Leadership Institute there, I got your brain paying attention. Oh my gosh, what's the secret to getting my message to be remembered? But wait, hold for just a moment during these, these um, you know, this commercial about the organization. The news, the television does it all the time. They leave you on a cliffhanger so that you tune in next week or you stay through the commercial break to watch to see how the story unfolds. One other way you can do it if you're doing, for instance, um, um, a presentation in the state legislature, you can do, you can present your, your message as a mystery. So, Back when I was in um, pregnancy care, uh, back when we were doing a, an abortion ban through the entire state in 2006 in South Dakota, we had a girl who was just sobbing and crying at Walmart's checkout while she was checking us out. And she asked us to stay. She asked my coworker to stay until she got to her break. And she told us the story um, about how she was forced to have an abortion. And despite her screaming and sobbing and saying, no, 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 I want my baby, I want my baby. Planned Parenthood still gave her an abortion. And so if I were giving testimony at the state capitol, I might ask, how is it possible that a girl who was not consenting to an abortion had her baby ripped limb from limb from her body? And that will get the attention of the legislators, true story, by the way, and make them pay attention as you explain her story and then talk about what the solutions are to this devastating problem of people facing coerced and forced abortions. You can also do something unconventional. I am so proud of, of parents across the, uh, the United States right now. I used to give this as an example and now they're doing it. I'm not saying they're doing it because of what I taught them, but it's something that we did again up in South Dakota when I was a state legislator, a state lobbyist, we had one of my, I call her the churchiest church mom. She went up there and dressed 
very modestly and professionally, we, we were giving testimony on sex education and the type of sex education that they were putting into the classrooms. And then she read from the sex education book and from websites that were linked inside the book to the point where we were stopped because you can't be saying these terms in front of legislators. Adults could not hear these terms, but fourth graders could in their classrooms. We got that sex education kicked out. Why? Because we did something unconventional. Um, credible. Are you credible to share the information? Um, what is your internal bio? So I started by giving my internal bio, explaining who I was and how long I've worked at the Leadership Institute and telling you the name of at least one of the candidates that I've worked for. I then since then dropped that I was also a white paper policy wonk and that I uh, was in South Dakota for the abortion ban and worked on that. Right. So these are all ways that I've built credibility with you so that you can understand why you should listen to me as I present this information. A third party bio would be like if Father or Father Pavone or, or Janet were to introduce me and read off my bio and say, this is why you should listen to her. And then there's the anti-authority. So somebody who has hosted one of my classes or taken one of my classes coming forward and saying, oh my gosh, Gina is so great because X, Y, Z. You guys see third party by, uh, sorry, anti-authority um, credibility all the time when, for instance, you have a client say or put up a client saying these people were the most caring pregnancy counselors I could have ever wished for, right? They, they took me from a point of crisis to a point of loving my child. That is an anti-authority credibility and it builds credibility and it is amazingly strong. And then you've got like the testable credentials. Um, in politics, we always use the example of, are you better off now than what you were four years ago? Or, and the answer is no, by the way, um, but you could also ask, are you better off now than what you were two years ago? It's time for an election. Are you better off now two years ago? The other way you can build credibility is by giving statistics, but I want you to be very careful about using statistics. I got a science degree, so I know what a woman is, but also I love statistics. I love studies. My first job out of college, I was writing policy papers and writing talking points and using all the best, most wonderful statistics in the world. The problem with statistics is that they lower your ability to relate to the people and the stories that you're hearing. So if, if you are giving an incredibly powerful moving story about a 17 or 18 year old girl in South Dakota who was forced and coerced into an abortion. And then you start giving statistics about rape and incest. The, the people hearing your story will forget about the girl and forget about the tragedy and forget about the horrors she received at the hands of Planned Parenthood. And they'll focus on the statistics and you can't care for a statistic. So be careful when using statistics to make sure that you're not actually diminishing your message and the power of your message by throwing statistics into it. Um, the next thing is concrete. Your brain is like Velcro. Velcro is hooks and it's loops. Your brain is a bunch of loops and the, the stories that you're hearing with the, the, the details, it's hooks and it hooks and saves that message into your brain. So I'm looking at this slide here that we've got and you can see that stake. It is an overdone stake. Gerald was so into talking about 
everything policy wonky wise, that he overcooked his steak, which is a massive no-no, especially in Texas. Um, and so that is one of those details where he cares so much about the job that he's doing as county commissioner that he overcooks his steak. And then he uses the pieces of steak to demonstrate the problem with just adding more cars to light rail. It's not going to help. These are very concrete examples of what he was talking about. So I want you to think of how do you put concrete examples into your stories. The last one is emotion. Whenever you can, share emotion, share somebody else's emotion with your stories. So I've started the story of the 18-year-old girl checking us out at Walmart. Her story was this. She told her father that she was raped because she and her boyfriend got pregnant, but they had a plan to get engaged right after college he was going to join the military, they were going to get married, and they were going to raise this child. Instead, dad took her to Planned Parenthood and gave and forced her into an abortion, and Planned Parenthood did it. They strapped her down, and they sedated her, and they gave her an abortion. They took her baby from her and ruined her chance of future with that young man with whom she was alive. And how tragic is that? And we need to stop those abortions. Even though I'm giving that in a fairly unemotional way when I was talking earlier about how she was screaming and crying and saying no I don't want this abortion I want my baby you could feel that emotion you know I'm giving this story 16 years after I was first given to me and yet you could still feel the emotion through that and that makes it memorable so again uh, the thing I want you to walk away with is that simple unexpected credible concrete and emotional stories stick I used several stories tonight. I gave you several stories tonight, but this is the key to success. S-U-C-C-E-S-S, -S, simple, unexpected, credible, concrete, emotional story stick. So as you're talking to your friends and family, as you go to the legislature to testify, as you're talking to people about why to pass um, the amendments or to write to vote no on amendments or vote for your favorite candidate or just to donate to your causes, find simple ways to give the message, unexpected ways, be credible, have concrete examples, share emotion, and tell stories because those stick. If you want more of a presentation like this, if you want to see more like this, this is just one little snippet of a much longer presentation. You could do so at leadershipinstitute.org slash on-demand classes. Coupon code grassroots will get that to you absolutely for free. Again, leadershipinstitute.org slash on-demand classes. Coupon code grassroots. Once again, my name is Dina Espenscheid. I thank you for joining us or for allowing me to have this time with you all tonight. Go out there, share your simple, unexpected, credible, concrete, emotional stories, and win those public policy fights. Have a great day. Well, I'm, again, grateful to the Leadership Institute for that and really what a wonderful work they do uh, all around the, the country. Um, one of you wrote in this question. I just want to take two comments that came in and then we'll do our final prayer. Um, what is the most effective way to introduce the pro-life message to friends, family, co-workers who only get the mainstream media messaging about abortion? That's such an important question. And friends, let me respond simply with one word, compassion. You introduce somebody to what the pro-life message and movement are all about by emphasizing compassion. We have the greatest compassion. And by the way, this is smart politically too. It's smart because it's the truth. It's the essence of the movement. But it's also smart politically because the Democrats are always trying to paint us as the uncompassionate people. 
And the reality is just the opposite. They're the ones that lack all compassion for the baby who's dismembered by an abortion, for the mother who's destroyed, and um, for everybody else too. But they, they love to put the mantle of compassion around themselves. We are the ones who have compassion for the moms and the dads who feel like abortion is their only option. So the other side yells about freedom of choice. But we have to point out that's not why they get abortions. They don't get abortions because of freedom of choice. They get them because they feel they have no freedom and no choice. We're the ones providing choices through the pregnancy centers, which, by the way, the Democrats are attacking. We're providing compassionate help and resources. And we're doing that through the churches, too. And we're providing compassionate help to the people who've had abortions. And you can see this at Silent No More, silentnomore.com. That's the pro-life movement at its best. Embracing those who have made this, this mistake, bringing them healing and forgiveness and peace, telling them we reject abortion. That doesn't mean we reject those who have abortions. And then allowing them to share their story so that others might find the same hope and the same peace. Isn't it beautiful? That's how you want, with a smile, with compassion, with love, with concrete resources. That's how you want to share the pro-life message. And once people realize, hey, they're not judging me, they're not against me, they're with me, they're helping me, once they realize that, then they're going to be able to hear the rest of the message about defending the rights of the unborn. And yes, about voting too. Voting pro-life and passing pro-life laws. A lot of other great comments and questions. Let me just read this one here. Somebody wrote to me the other day here on the, the, the show, uh, not to be shallow, but I really like your leather jacket. Great content tonight, too. Love you. Well, you're not being shallow at all. You're being very, very kind. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you for uh, watching and spreading the word about the program, too. You know, we're all getting more and more excited uh, as Election Day comes uh, closer. And uh, we know the voting is, is underway in so many places. Friends, be confident. I think we're going to see a great and tremendous victory. Uh, and boy, that's going to be a great relief, isn't it? Because then uh, the Democrats won't have all the, the power to keep destroying things uh, as they are doing in America. And don't, we're not going to settle just for the House. We need the House and the Senate. Because remember, the Senate takes care of judicial nominations, confirmations. We can't let them have the courts you know, under their control. And secondly, with the House and the Senate, we can pass meaningful legislation and get it to Biden's desk so that he individually has to make the choice before the American people to either continue down the path of destruction or maybe, uh, you know, put him in a position where he has to do a few things that might not be his first choice or the first choice of his radical party. Lots more to come. Stick with us. Have a great weekend. Make sure you join us on Monday. And remember what President Trump always says. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together first. And I want to include all your intentions, the intentions you've been mentioning, the intentions you hold in your hearts. Let's pray together uh, that the Lord may bless all our audience now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. 
Amen. As I already mentioned, FR Frank Pavone on Truth Social. Getter, we thank our friends at Getter for carrying our programs uh, on, uh, on the other major platforms. And also, Right Side Broadcasting is worth following RSB Network. But remember what President Trump says at his rallies, that we belong to the greatest political movement in American history. It's true. Second to none. The MAGA movement. We will not be intimidated. We will not be at all deterred. We are winning. We will continue to win. We will make America great. And brothers and sisters, the greatest days of America are indeed yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.